Hi, everybody. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, so noises happen. I'm just saying. The other thing to mention is that this podcast is generally rated PG-13 because we swear a lot, and it's marked explicit because most of the major uh, podcast stores only support explicit and clean, and we can't claim clean, but we're not going to get into anything of a uh, mature audience nature, according to the, you know, various rating boards. So there's that. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 93. If all has gone according to plan, uh, Ursula and I are just now wrapping up our time in the Valley of the Cats in China, which is really exciting to be able to say we're going to the Valley of the Cats. It also means that we have just spent a week with yak herders, and if everything else has has gone according to plan, uh, we will have ridden yaks and uh, possibly probably kissed a yak. I did promise I would kiss a yak on on camera as part of the Patreon, or not the Patreon, the um, Kickstarter rewards that funded this trip. So there's that. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure we're having a good time. And I'm really excited about being able to share a whole bunch of stuff with you guys when we get back. In the meantime, I have here my interview with Augusta Scarlett, who is an author and an academic and all kinds of good stuff. So we're going to cut over to that interview and I'll be back at the end of it. Folks, I am here with Augusta Scarlet, who is really excited. I'm really excited, and I hope you're as excited as I am, to talk about how she stays productive. So, Augusta, can you tell us about what you do and, and do a better introduction than I just did? I mean, seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, um, I am, my day job is as an academic librarian, which in which the course of which I actually do nothing with books, but I do everything with the web and making sure electronic databases keep talking to the web. But my side hustle, because everybody now has a side hustle. It's really trendy. Is (laughs) Yeah. I do uh, book covers for self-published authors. Oh, yep. uh, Most Mostly uh, the your basic sort of photo montage, but I have done a few cover paintings, and I would like to do more of those because, frankly, that's where the money is. <laughs> so you can explain why all of the models have their head cut off. Yes. Um, <laughs> some people claim it's because, oh, so the reader can put their, their perfect, you know, uh, you know, lover right there and Mm -hmm. i'm like no it's because there's like five models and it's the same model over and over again (laughs) so i cut their head off because i want the person going oh yes this is the man that goes with this uh book since most of mine have the manchest covers Ah, Um, and you know it's like 
and not going, hey, he was a vampire last week and he was a leopard the week before. So. Right. Or, and so you don't get that. Why is Fabio on the cover of this book that is obviously not his usual genre, even though it's not Fabio? Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> so that begs the question, with all of that, how do you keep yourself organized? Oh, very badly at times. <laughs> I have been doing a sort of bullet journal since uh, a year and a half ago, I think. Um doing the really simple one mm-hmm. um, with you know the, the traditional classic bullet journaling, which is very simple. Yep. And I always thought that I wouldn't be the sort of person who decorated their pages. And then with doodling and getting a few stickers here and there and so forth, after a few months, I looked back and I went, oh, the weeks that I spent making a sort of pretty layout mm-hmm. were the weeks I actually got things done. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's because I would spend on the weekend, I would spend an hour or two just focused and thinking about what I was going to be doing that week because I was looking at it as I was slapping down stickers and doodling and so on. Huh. That, that's that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do, you, do you have any, any other stuff or is it just... Because I'm, I'm looking behind you and mm-hmm. I see a board covered in Post-its. Yes, I, I have started trying out a Kanban board because part of my problem is I have ADHD. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, which is, which means that I will be going really good on my bullet journal for a while, and then I just will completely forget to pick it up and look at it or do anything. Mm-hmm. And it really helps if things are visible to me. Right. So I'm trying the Kanban board right now. I, I have... To do in progress and done, and I am keeping all my stuff up on done right now because it makes me feel good to look at it. <laughs> Absolutely, no. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, a lot of. I mean, the big problem with this Kanban board is, as you can see, uh, <laughs> although nobody else can, is it's behind <laughs> me. Oh yeah, so yeah. I f- I keep forgetting to look at it when I sit down and go, okay, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? And. It's one little motion. Just turn around and look at it, but right. it's that's mm-hmm. the little thing that stops you when you have ADHD. Right, But right. unfortunately, at the moment, there is no other place that I can put it <laughs> or arrange my office where it's in front of me. Yeah, but I do notice at least it is a portable board, right? It's a portable, mm-hmm. it's a whiteboard that you can move around. I think, like, mm-hmm. it's like what, like the, the $10 at Office Max or something? Yeah, it was something like that, and I've got it tied with string to the to uh, this bookcase thing, so I mm-hmm. can flip it up and actually keep stuff underneath it. Oh, see now that's oh, no. that's I just banged the microphone. That's cool because uh, one of the challenges I'm having right now is not in keeping up with my task list; it's keeping other things organized, especially when my furry little one-eyed tyrant, that is Sergey mm-hmm. the cat, comes through and decides to clean my desk for me. Oh yes, <laughs> right. So, but that's that's a great that's a great thing. It's it's doubling up. You're you're not wasting space, and you're you're able to to use it sort of as almost, but not quite like decoration, and mm-hmm. and in a, in a reasonable spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of goes along with being a librarian because mm-hmm. you know people think that you have to love books to be a librarian. It's like not necessarily. What you have to love is organizing information. Yeah. 
And so while I can organize when I need to, the ADHD means that I will start organizing and then halfway through get distracted by something and run off and do something else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, with all of that, and, and we've talked, we've touched on it a little bit, but knowing that you have ADHD and you have to keep bringing yourself on track, what systems or habits are valuable to you or have you developed? Because everybody I've talked to with ADHD has their own strategies and has developed a lot of their own stuff around this. Yeah, it's... Now, I will say the first thing is that, honestly, just change helps. Okay. So I have flipped through various different... Sometimes it's while I keep bullet journaling, mm-hmm. I will flip to a different type of journal. Okay. Do it. I've done passion planner. I've done, you know, draw my own layouts. I currently have a traveler's notebook. Um, it, the change works. And for a few weeks, it's like, great. I'm writing things down every day. I'm looking at it. I'm mm-hmm. marking things off. And then after a few weeks, it sort of just wanders away and I have to get something else. Yep. You're uh, in, in short, basically your brain gets bored with it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah. a conscious boredom. It's just your brain's like, yeah, I know that. Ignore exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And I've I've known some some things that if I can make them into habits, mm-hmm. work. Uh, the time that I was actually exercising every day on a regular basis, it was before I moved in with my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I got home from work. I dropped my stuff by the door. I went straight to the stationary bike i mm-hmm. turned on the tv i watched anime while i got on the bike <laughs> <laughs> and i did that until i went to japan for three weeks and got out of the habit uh yeah <laughs> so, so that was nine months of a habit yeah well the 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 thing that uh franklin covey see i'm waiting for my brain to catch mm-hmm. up with what i'm processing uh franklin covey stephen covey and the research usually says is it takes 21 days to build a habit and three to lose it yeah and uh, we're about to spend, you know, three, four weeks in China, and I don't know what habits I'm going to lose while I'm over there. Maybe some of the bad ones, probably not. Exactly. I mean, I'm sort of, I, the past couple of weeks, I've been completely at a loss because we were first, we went to a convention. Mm-hmm. We had a friend over for a couple of days. We also caught the Martian Death Plague. And uh, yeah, everybody seems to be getting the, the Martian Death Plague. Yeah, it's it, it's going around campus. I, I probably mm-hmm. brought it to the convention as patient zero. So, <laughs> well, but, it depends which convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, this. This one was Con DFW, a very small one. Very small. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I, I there's another plague that was coming out of First Squared and Confluence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Confluence, and it's just like, yeah, there's just something spreading out that I'm hoping since I just ran Dorsai thing. I don't get because there were several people who were at both events there this past yeah. weekend. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so we did that. Mm-hmm. Was out for a week with with this thing. Oh yeah. Got back to work. It had two weeks of work, and mm-hmm. now we're going on the Joko cruise. Oh, uh, so a week off again. Yeah, yeah. Missing a week. Two mm-hmm. weeks back to work, not enough to start and you know get your habits back or do anything, but sit uh, sit there and go, oh wait, what was it I was doing again? Yeah, and then I'm going to be gone for a week. So yeah, well, and I'm a little jealous. One of these days, I do want to get to the Joko cruise. 
I know several people go like I've got a local friend, the guy who played the uh, Phil's chicken on Hidden mm-hmm. Almanac. I don't know if you remember or even listen to Hidden Almanac, but I listened to it for a while. Yeah, the the guy who's a friend of mine who came in to do the clucking for Phil's chicken uh, <laughs> is a regular attendee. So mm-hmm. you know, I keep hearing really good things about it. Uh, also from Scalzi, from uh, Will Wheaton, from you know the usual people who go on it every year. So. Yeah, this is going to be our first uh, time doing it, but we've had friends who've done it before and mm-hmm. had a blast, so we are looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, and a little sunshine in the middle of winter is not a bad thing, especially, consi- I mean, if you're, I don't know if yours is like ours, but it's been gray and cold and rainy, and now it's just cold and sunny, which doesn't really help, but still. Yeah, it's it's North Texas. It's been really weird. We've We've had a mild winter for the most part, and then... This week, we've dipped into the 20s. Yeah, it's been weird all over. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've tangented. Um, yes. <laughs> what, what, other, what other habits or systems have been valuable to you? Well, I've learned that if I can get into work, sit down, and start working without mm-hmm. checking email, without reading blogs, without doing the usual wake-up thing, right. I can actually kind of get focused on work. If I have, you know, an, an obvious thing to do, if I have to sit down and go, okay, there's this project. How do I start this project? That's, that's hard. That already has to be figured. Mm-hmm. You know, that has to be figured out. I have to know the task I'm going to sit down and do. Okay. And I can get, you know, that's kind of helps with hyper-focusing on mm-hmm. a project. Um, although I will say I can get hyper-focused on really weird things and my brain <laughs> sticks on that. Like that. I will say I had a period of about three, four weeks a few months ago mm-hmm. when I was sort of listening to all of the productivity alchemy <laughs> backlog. <laughs> okay. And I was doing amazing things at work and I was doing so much at, at home with the side hustle and all that. And I realized a few weeks later that I was hyper-focused on productivity. Right on. <laughs> and it was great. And then unfortunately I stopped and I got hyper-focused on, you know, something else. And... <laughs> So, so we've talked a lot about um, just general stuff, and but you have touched on, you know, if you can get into work. What about for the side hustle? Okay, yeah, for the side hustle, it really helps that if I have a deadline imposed by somebody else. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, if I impose a deadline, well, I'm, I don't care. I can blow right through that. I'm not going to do anything too bad. I, I haven't been able to do the, you know, give money to somebody and say, donate this to some, a place I hate if I don't do X by Y date or right. anything. Yeah, yeah. But and and I think pretty much anything less, it's like, OK, well. I didn't do, you know, but with client work, if I can get my clients to uh, actually <laughs> give me a date because they're so nice and they're going, oh, no, when whenever it's good for you. And I'm like, what's good for me is what's good for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, if they, if they can do that, mm-hmm. I, I can get it in. I have a problem with overscheduling at times. Uh, I, I, I had a point right near the end of last year when I think I had like six covers and a painting in the pipeline and I managed to get everything finished except the painting. And that turned out okay, luckily, because the author is taking longer than she expected to finish the book. When? 
You can't see my thumbs up. Yeah. So for those of you listening at home who don't know, I repositioned the camera today, and so I'm not used to it being in the location it's in. So I keep giving hand gestures and realizing, looking at the little camera window that I I use when we do these things, no one can see them but me. (laughs) And even then, because they're off camera now, it's, it's, yeah. So does, does rearranging your office help? I mean, it, I, sometimes it helps me. Sometimes that's just my excuse not to get work done. Yeah, it does. I think that may be part of the change thing that mm-hmm. helps me. Uh, it may also be just when there's clutter around, I have a cluttered brain. Okay. So everything off helps. If I can make myself do it, sometimes I walk in and it's just like, oh God, this is awful because I am sort of naturally a slob. <laughs> <laughs> it it helps that I've moved in with my that I moved in with my now husband mm-hmm. and he putters. He likes to clean things. Oh. So he he picks things up and moves them around and it's like, yes, this the kitchen, it's clean. Yay. How very handy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I wish I wish I could instill that in my teenager. Mm-hmm. But we'll work on it. <laughs> and then and then um Obviously, I'm, I'm, since I'm able to see over your shoulder, you, you're kind of limited space for your home office. So it's, if you're like me, it's a lot harder to rearrange that. Yeah. And what you can't see, because I'm looking directly at it, is that my uh, desk is right up against a treadmill, because that's the only <laughs> place in the house to put the treadmill. Yeah. And we went for a fancy one that folded up, so I can actually open the closet door in here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I have no closets in my office, just bookcases and a repurposed uh, TV stand that has the printer, the subwoofer, and my Go board on it, mm-hmm. which I'm pointing at in the direction of, and you can't see. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, we actually also had touched on this, but I think it's a great follow-up. How do you decide what to start on on a given day? Do you do any pre-planning, or is it just the most urgent thing? Is usually just the most urgent thing. I try pre-planning. It usually devolves into me writing a giant list of tasks, mm-hmm. which I then look at and go, oh, God, that's so much to do, and I put it away and do something else. Uh, the, the decision fatigue problem where you've got so many choices that you just stop. Exactly. I mean, I'll say at work right now, we have a very large project that I can't get into the details of, mm-hmm. but it's something I haven't done before. It involves the entire website oh. and it's a huge mess and I am very slowly chipping away at it, but much slower than I really should have been. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily we've got some other people, you know, in, in my department that are helping. We have one person who wants to expand his job duties and mm-hmm. our boss agrees that it's good. So he is taking over some of this. Okay. Okay. And, and, and that means you can start to distribute the workload. Yes. Yeah. But pre, you know, it's, it's kind of hard being like one of the only web people here because mm-hmm. there's so much I can't do. I have a committee that's supposed to help me with web work, but they're mostly advisory because very few of them know how to do the deep, coding or designing they're not actually tech people yeah yeah and and so there so that that does give the the interesting question is and and this is completely off script for me anyway what 
what are you using for that to manage that project itself? Is it just here's the project, good luck, or or have there been any like analysis task breakdowns or anything like that? This is the project manager side of my brain talking now. <laughs> and I have to wait because uh, Yes. Okay, there you are. <laughs> there we are. Okay, yeah. I was originally given the project and basically said, okay, you have to do it. And it was sort of something that came down from on high at the university level. Right, right. And um, so I kind of sat there and went, hmm, let me do a literature search, Mm -hmm. given that I have an academic background. Yep. Oh, there's not much in the library literature about doing this. Mm -hmm. Let me try doing it from... You know, doing it on the tech background. No cat. You can't come on here. Sorry, another cat decided to come It's okay. Out. Story of my life when I, yeah. I have the doors open and I'm trying to do something else. Uh, Sergey spent, I want to say, two hours helping me clean desks today, whether mm-hmm. I wanted him to or not. I understand completely. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... I've lost track. Okay, it was. So you, there's nothing in your your library. You're doing the research around what this project actually entails. Yeah. So mm-hmm. doing that now, I'm going to go over to the tech side, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the actual answer that most people do are redesign your website from scratch. Well, alrighty then. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's see. Hmm. So it's been trying to figure out. I've been talking with the people at the university level doing this to the rest of mm-hmm. the university's website, but there's only so much they can do. And they're actually redesigning it from start, but they have <laughs> a team of people doing it. I'm just me. Right. Right. <laughs> and then, um, finally my, my, we, there, there's a new management thing coming. Every few years, the, the university goes through another management craze and so uh, this, yeah so we got another one and they they put down get this project done as one of them and for some reason put my boss as the head of this particular one <laughs> which means that he's now coming in and going okay and he's starting to take over some of some of that project management stuff which is i've been finding mm-hmm. difficult because yeah i have a hard time doing the actual work and doing the management side at the same time. Uh, preaching preaching to the choir, that was one of my big issues at not my last job, but the one before where I was an individual contributor and sort of the project manager. It was, uh, it's very hard to split your time because both require almost full-time attention. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. my job also is part of it because I have, I do web design and web coding, mm-hmm. but because I do both, I can't focus in one or the other. right. So I'm sort of teaching myself the various bits of coding and the various bits of design as we go along and not able to spend a long period of time focusing on either one. Right. As you move from from just the code portion to what we now call full stack, and mm-hmm. I'm putting that in air quotes, um, <laughs> which is, you know, being able to do all of it, which is, uh, on on the one hand, it's a great skill to have. It's very in demand. On the other hand, it's really hard to learn if you've never done it before, if you've only got mm-hmm. like half of it. Um, trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that, uh, and, and obviously, if you have a looming deadline on the side hustle, that is the priority on that. Oh, yeah. It's at least with the, the, those deadlines, I can easily put them down and go, okay, this person is their their book is going live on Amazon in three weeks. They got to have the cover in two. This one is, is doing longer. Yep. 
and so on. So that helps a great deal. Yeah. No, I, 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 I watch Ursula reprioritize around when books are due or when she's trying to put a self-pub book out and, and watch those priorities shuffle. And if you have the opportunity to be deadline-driven and that works for you, then great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it works for her, works for you. Uh, for those of you out there who it works for, good on you. For those of you it doesn't, good on you. You found something else, I hope. I mean, that's or maybe that's why you're listening. I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, I lost track. How do you mm-hmm. just? Oh, we just done start day. So the next question that comes up is, what is the best advice or feedback you've been given? Hmm. Or you may have, what is the best advice or feedback you could give us? <laughs> well, I think a lot of it is is try different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say today, which is March 7th, I believe, mm-hmm. on uh, the blog Ask a Manager. Oh, I there, love that one. Yeah. Her Thursday open question is asking um, the the readers what coping strategies do neurodivergent people have for working in their workspace? Okay. And there's like over, last I looked, I think there were like 400 comments from people with ADHD or on the autism spectrum or other issues that talking about the things that didn't, didn't work for them. And it seems like a, a, I think I'm going to be bookmarking it and coming back to it and Mm -hmm. looking and seeing what I can try. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I said, I just, and once I discovered that the change mm-hmm. helped me, it's like, okay, good. I don't have to feel guilty about dropping money on this new journal because that's the new thing that will keep me going for the next month. Right, right. Uh-huh. Um, um, I still, I still haven't found the perfect journal, of course, but it's like, and th- my big problem is I keep my my day job separate from my side job, mm-hmm. and. For my day job, I want one that has Monday through Friday and nothing else on it. Okay. And I keep wasting space with Saturday and Sunday on it. <laughs> and for the one at home, I want a nice mm-hmm. big space I can put tasks in. And a lot of them keep putting time on it. And it's like, well, I'm really working on this between 6 and 10 p.m. at night. I don't need time listed from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. here. Yeah, I think that's why the the bullet journal and being able to sort of define the pages with the dot grid is is really, really useful. Although, hold on, let me pull this out of my stack back here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I talked about this, I want to say a couple weeks ago, I bought a special new journal just to take on the trip with me because I don't want to risk my, my expensive journal with me. But, and I'm going to have to hold it back so you can see it, but it has... Mm-hmm. Um, it has sections so that you can put different notebooks in the in the cover and then treat them all like different books and oh god i wish i could remember the name of it um but it's what i really like about it is that if you want to have two notebooks of two different plans as long as they're within the boundaries of this particular a5 half size or half sheet format then you can have like it, it holds up to six of these notebooks at a time. Mm-hmm. So you can have one that's like, this is my work notebook and here's my side hustle notebook. And they're just in the same, in, in the same binder. And it's sort of like the traveler's notebook, except it's, it's Japanese. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, got the little, it's, it's got those little tweaks like that you kind of have come to expect from the, the Japanese stuff, but you could really, I think do that with a traveler's notebook as well. 
Uh, but eventually you're probably going to be like, well, I'm done with the traveler's notebook. It's not working time to go to disc bound or, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I've been carrying a traveler's notebook for about six months now. And mm -hmm. I have discovered that I am not opening it up and looking at it every day anymore, which yep. means it may be time to switch time to switch. Yeah. 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 Or, or you never know. So you may find the one true journal someday and mm -hmm. the one that just clicks with your brain. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. so so exploring uh, the best advice you would give is try different things. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I have another one that I just thought of, which okay. is if you can mm -hmm. throw money at problems to make them go away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I will say my my husband and I both, while he does like to putter, mm -hmm. um, we both still have problems cleaning the whole house, and we both get depressed and draggy and annoyed and just. Oh, you yeah. Know, when, when when there's clutter everywhere, when there's stuff everywhere. So we looked at our budget. We sat down. We went, oh, we can we can make some, you know, cuts here and there. Mm -hmm. And we we now have a cleaning crew come in once a month. Once a month. Okay. Yeah. So they do the deep cleaning and mm -hmm. the usually it's the day before. We try to do it like the weekend before, but it's usually the day before, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my husband and I run around and pick up stuff. Yeah. And it's only been a month. It hasn't, we haven't had too much buildup, so we can't mm -hmm. do it. It takes us, you know, somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes to declutter the house. Yeah. Which yeah. I will say because he putters and cleans the kitchen while he's thinking that that mm -hmm. really helps. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's but, a habit I've gotten into too, is, is sometimes it's just nice to sit there and do the dishes and focus on doing the dishes and do nothing and, and exist with the dishes. Kind of like going outside and sitting with my chickens and existing with my chickens that mm -hmm. my, my brain can process things because the rest of me is focused on a task. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that mm -hmm. sometimes. It's one of those mm -hmm. things I can't, it's getting the task started is the big thing. Right. I think it's part of impulse control problems with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So if you, if I, or if I do, if I'm going, okay, I have to do the dishes, I have to do this. And then I mm -hmm. see something else. It's like, Oh wait, no, I need to go pick that up. Okay. Mm -hmm. The dishes aren't getting done that day. Right. Right. You know? And <laughs> yeah, see, I have, sometimes I have the opposite problem. I can start mm -hmm. things, but finishing them is the problem. So I'll get halfway through something. Either I get bored or I get distracted and then it just sort of sits there and I'm like, I really need to get back to that. Mm -hmm. And then I don't. Yeah. That's one of those things. Mm -hmm. One of the things I do to, um, when I get bored or whatever is I make random generators Okay. <laughs> online and I, 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 my, my husband's a coder, so together we worked out some code that I can do the basic code over and over. But mm -hmm. I will. I usually make title generators, and I can download. If I go, oh, hey, I want to do a steampunk title generator, I can mm -hmm. go to Goodreads and download various steampunk lists people have made. Right. Take the, you know, take the titles out, look at the patterns. You know, basically make Mad Libs. Yeah, yeah. With them, plug them into this generator, put them up, do that. And I can get hyper-focused on one of those things mm -hmm. and sit there for hours doing that. <laughs> just just and, tuning it and making sure it's coming out right and the grammar's correct and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And like there's structure there and there's order there that goes in with me mm -hmm. being a librarian and organizing information and doing that. And it's just like, that would be really great if I could apply this to the rest of my life. <laughs> but instead, I got something that makes really funny titles. <laughs> hey, uh, I use random name generators 
and random dungeon generators and, you know, all these sort of little projects like that to to do things like, hey, uh, what am I going to name this character in the D&D campaign? Off to the fantasy name generator. Uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they've caught me flat-footed and gone sideways off the adventure. I better go do a random encounter real quick on this other site. It's I love random generators like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, frankly, uh, my primary domain... Um, uh, darkcanvas.com, mm-hmm. the one, my original domain way back in the day, uh, that I still own, obviously. Uh, but it was an anagram that I had, you know, I fed the names of the people who were going to be involved in the Dark Canvas project way back in the day into an anagram generator and just let it spit out all those random combinations of words until I found like the right, in, just scrolling through finding the right combination. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, that's the one that hits. I love random generators. That's awesome. No, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, best advice, feedback. All right, we're ready for the, or it's time for the happy but hard question or the sad but usually easy question, which I kind of, I find so funny whenever I'm describing them that way. Do you want to talk about celebrating successes first or do you want to talk about failure first? Ooh, let's talk about failure. Okay. Because failure is a constant companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so absolutely, failure is a constant companion, and I haven't quoted this one in a while, so I should. Mm-hmm. Maxim 70, uh, failure is not an option, it's mandatory. Mm-hmm. It's what you do after that matters. So, yep. and I'm paraphrasing, and Howard has corrected me on, on more than one occasion. How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Um, I usually start by getting upset. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then I end up, I I come up with some way I can do it differently or, mm-hmm. let me see, I'm trying to come up with, I'm trying to, now I'm <laughs> trying to find the words. Yeah. Um, usually it's like if I'm, if my goal is to do, um, like I, I took a digital painting course mm-hmm. online last um, summer. Okay. And got halfway through it before I ran into deadlines that for other things that I had to do. And I still haven't gone back and finished that. Right. And it's like, well, you know, I feel bad about that. I Mm -hmm. wanted to do this so I could get a, um, get a, a, something up for my portfolio, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which will get more things in, but that still hasn't happened and well, at least I did the first half of the course. It was really right. good. It made me think it stretched my talents. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I have to, I just have to come back to it. I have to wait for the pressure to build up and me go, yes, I must finish this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that um. it's, I had a thought and it went away. Oh, well. <laughs> as, as, as Ursula would say, I, I had a thought and now I can see its little bunny butt hopping off into the distance. As I, yeah. There we go. I'm getting still there. I will do th- there. Wait, mm-hmm. hopping towards you. Yeah, I'm just playing with the camera now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, upset. You try to get a different way to do it. Um, yeah, or come up with, okay, well... Mm-hmm. If I if I only got this many things done instead of that many, mm-hmm. okay, what can I do with this many of them instead? You know, yeah, yeah. Instead, so mm-hmm. so so actually, what you do in that case is you redefine success. Pretty much, I think. <laughs> that's actually that's sometimes that's a great 
strategy. The I, I've <clears throat> I've had projects uh, in my professional life and sometimes in my personal life where yeah, where it's just like success as defined at the outset is radically different from what success is six months later, and we actually have to by the original concepts we're failing, but. Mm-hmm. If we start to look at it and redefine what the actual goals are to fit the now versus the then, then, and I've just said then twice, so yeah, Uh, (laughs) but it allows us to redefine and reexamine whether we're doing the right things, if we're doing them the right way. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really important, the whole idea of redefining success to fit the current parameters versus maybe what was at the outset, which may be radically different. And mm-hmm. especially in my, my field, when I'm doing like operations work, technology work, things change so fast. Uh, you know, something that is cutting edge and we're, it's going to take us six months to deploy is already obsolete. And there are three new versions since that are even better. And now we have to go back and say, okay, do we really want to stick with this old thing or do we want to go with this new thing that works better? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we how do we redefine success and failure in context of where we are now versus where we were then? Yep. I say another thing I mm-hmm. can do is if I fail at something, mm-hmm. I can go. I can always go to the generators because I those are down to almost a science now. I'm like, okay, I just come up with a genre. I find a list of titles or mm-hmm. something else. I can make this. I can do this. I can come up with mm-hmm. a thing, a completed thing. Mm-hmm. That is done in and of itself, and it's always nice to be able to look at a completed thing. Oh, absolutely! And it's like, okay, well, I didn't get this other thing done, but I have this done, so I'm not as depressed now. <laughs> yeah, I, and sometimes that's it. It's like you're done. The done line on the board behind you, right? If yes. <laughs> if it feels like things, if you've missed a goal or something, you can go back and you can look. But look at all this other stuff I've gotten done, mm-hmm. right? And that's and and that is very important being able to stop and say, hey, maybe this didn't work out, but look at all this other stuff I was able to get done either at the mm-hmm. same time or recently or, or and, and, you know, use those little bits of inspiration or kickstart your brain back out of the, well, I messed it up phase. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So what about success? Do you celebrate your successes? And if you do, how? Well, this is the hard part when you have impulse control problems mm-hmm. because I've already bought myself the thing that I want. <laughs> I've already, you know, I've already eaten mm-hmm. the thing that I wanted to eat. Okay. I have, for a while, for several months, I was obsessed with um, with with a mobile game mm-hmm. that I ended up bribing myself to get things done by saying, oh, I can drop 20 bucks on an iTunes card so I can buy in-game currency now. Oh, okay, yeah. And that actually worked really well for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, you know, it, it's back to the, if you have an, if you can throw money at your problem to fix it, fix it. Yep. That worked because I especially kept a rule um, since I have had terrible credit card problems in the past due to this. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got medicated, I was able to pay my way out of that, uh, luckily. Truth. But, yeah. um, I, you know, so I, I said I will only spend money on this that I make through my side job. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so it's yeah. like I'm not going into anything else. So I probably, over the course of, so, of six to nine months, dropped 
four or $500 total on this, which makes me go, oh my God. But then I realized, but that also got me exercising. Mm -hmm. It got me finishing covers. It got me doing these other things. And it was money that I had to spend. And, And that's important. You had it to spend. It's not like you were spending what you didn't have. Yes. Yeah. Because I have been in the in the terrible place where I was spending money I didn't have. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to be there again. <laughs> yeah, I, I find those of us who have dug ourselves out of a debt, whether it's of our own making or mm-hmm. someone else's making, mm-hmm. we don't want to be there again. But if we end up there again, it's not as hard because we already have proven we can do it. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I had that experience with a roommate who basically... Uh, you know, when I was making minimum wage or less, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ruined my credit. Um, my phone was disconnected. I, I had all this stuff that I just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't pay. And I had to dig my way out of that one. And then mm-hmm. later when, you know, my ex-wife, my first wife and I got into financial trouble and, you know, we dug our way out of it again. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm trying not to make a habit of it. Like, yeah. You know, oh, I have all this debt. Well, I'll just, I just have to work hard and pay it all off again. Uh, but, you know, knowing you can do it is helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, all right. So we know that buying the thing mm-hmm. is not necessarily the reward or how you would celebrate it. Eating the thing isn't <laughs> yeah. necessarily the reward. Do you have any rewards currently? I currently have one, okay. which is we are planning a big trip in 2020, which is we have already we we were looking at going to Scotland, and then Carnival announced that they were opening some new uh, European cruise things, and that oh. they were going to have a repositioning cruise from New York to London in June of 2020, and we went, wait, that's kind of yeah. right about the time we wanted to go, yeah. And because it's great because we can completely turn off and nobody can con- contact us and make us do anything. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and if we, if you run the numbers between flying there mm-hmm. and the hotels and the food, it's kind of honestly about the same amount, maybe a little bit more than we would be spending mm-hmm. for that period of time. And so, so yeah. Yeah, so we did that. And my bribe is I have a couple of big health goals that I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. And if I can meet them, you know, one of them is breaking my addiction to soda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I can do it, no cat, you don't need to go that way. Okay. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I, if I can keep myself between now for the next like six months. Right. And have two sodas or less per week. Mm. Oh yeah, we'll fly business class on our flight oh. back across from from the UK back here. That's such a yeah. I and business class is such a splurge. Excuse Ernie in the background if you can hear him. He he thinks he's dying. It's mm-hmm. you know not quite time for Ernie dinner, but he thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, oh my god, the difference between economy and business is so so vast now. Uh, depending on the airline. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and then that rare occasion where someone has paid for us to 
go somewhere and we uh, on first class and and usually it's you know a convention just like here we've got a deal have some first class seats it's like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. you, you want to spoil yourself every time but you can't because it's really expensive I know we had yeah. I've, I've done it once because our last big trip we went to Switzerland and Italy okay and I was buying the tickets and it came up and said oh would you like to upgrade to business class on this leg for $175? And I went, why, yes, I would. Take my money. Take yes. my money. Yeah. This is the sort of thing. We, mm-hmm. we pump all of our purchases through a specific credit card that gives us money back. Oh, uh, yeah. And we take that and we use that to, you know, fund vacations with. And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, this is a good use of this money. Yeah. And there's, a, there's an interesting strategy that a, a lot of people don't think about is if you're using credit to evaluate those rewards and find the one that gives you the best reward for your lifestyle. Like mm-hmm. I have a Delta rewards card. I fly when I was flying to Seattle every couple months for work, I was flying just Delta cause it was a, you know, short hop from, well, not short, but you get the idea. It was really easy to go from Raleigh to uh, Seattle on Delta because they're both big Delta sites. And they also didn't want to route me through, you know, Philadelphia to go to Salt Lake to go to, you know, it would be like one mm-hmm. hop, not five. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have the Delta credit card. And it's like, yes, when I'm doing vacation spending or travel spending, I use that particular card because that way I'm getting rewarded for it. And later, you know, I've got my Delta points that I can then put into um Normally, I put it into basically flights for Dorsai events. Like you mm-hmm. know, we have a we have a business meeting in Chicago every fall. Guess what? I use my Delta points for that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the little things like that that can that can you know really really help build towards those rewards, as it were. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's all the questions. Yeah, that's okay. your cat is going. My dog is going. So yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's talk about. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about or promote? Your turn. Um, let's see. Actually, I was I was going to talk. We didn't get into it. Yeah. yeah. The reason I have my my side hustle is mm-hmm. because in a few years I will actually reach the age at my job where between my age and my years of service there. Mm-hmm. I will be able to take early retirement. Oh. And that would be great. Mm-hmm. I don't have, because of years of credit card issues. Right. I don't have a giant retirement thing. So yeah, I do need to keep working of some sort, but I would love to be able to work in the creative world. To do oh, art, yeah. to do design, mm-hmm. which is the thing I couldn't do before. So I certainly couldn't do before I got married because I needed... Mm-hmm. Health insurance. Yeah, huh, tell me about it. <laughs> and you know, um, and then so I I need to uh, come up with something that will take place that you know will take it at least replace a chunk of my mm-hmm. income right now. Right. Um, we don't have to have my entire income because we looked at our budget and like okay we can cut back on this we can we don't have to eat out as much we can. Right. Do these other you know mm-hmm. things? I mean, we've already cut the cable and got rid of uh, that. We we do streaming video now. Oh yeah, our... no world. I yeah. I love it, and the fact mm-hmm. that I'm not paying 150 dollars a month for something I'm not using is just phenomenal, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly, and um, 
So if I can get this off the ground, I've got a number target. Mm -hmm. And if I can get that on average per month, because freelance comes boom and bust, you know, oh, you yeah. nothing for months and then you'll get something. But if I can average out over the course of a year to this amount per month, I think I will feel safe retiring. Okay. And, which means that right now I am working the day job. I come mm -hmm. home. I work the side hustle, which is also, I'm, which is also, and I'm doing several things. Mm -hmm. I am trying to do some writing. Mm -hmm. I have some friends who do a romance. They, they write under a romance house name. Okay. So they, it's, it's, mm -hmm. they, they, they targeted a particular romance niche. They have strict rule. I mean, it's like writing for Harlequin. There's very strict rules that you have to do like that, but it yeah. works. It's very popular. It's quite successful. I would love to have part of that. <laughs> a, yeah. Become the official house cover artist. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I already mm -hmm. did. I did. I've done part of that. That mm -hmm. I would also like to write because they're making way more money than I am at that. Oh yeah. Well, because the, there's mm -hmm. not just the, the advances, but there's the royalties if that's offered or the, the, mm -hmm. the stream, the steady stream of income that T Kingfisher mm -hmm. generates for self-published books is mm -hmm. often equivalent to what Ursula Vernon slash T Kingfisher generates on traditional published books, which has been interesting to watch happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nava, if you're listening, you didn't hear a word of that, but you should pay her more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so all of mm -hmm. this, it takes up a lot of time. It's like, I would love to be able now to sit down and I like, come home from work and just Oh, let's watch TV. Let's work on you know the hobbies that don't bring in money. Do the things. Mm -hmm. But if I do that right now, in you know five ten years, I'm not going to be able to retire. Right, right. So yeah. I, I need to, and I am lucky in that my husband is really supportive of this, mm -hmm. and he's you know he lets me prioritize this. We have done a few things. We have scheduled. Mm -hmm. Every other Tuesday night is date night. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yep. we have we've both scheduled in. Okay, Mondays and Thursdays is we take care of our health. Those are the workout nights. Okay. And I've I've discovered that I have to, you know if I work out I really can't plan on doing anything else because I will be too tired. <laughs> Especially if it's a leg workout, at least in my case. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. oh yeah. So we have we have those, and we also we have a shared calendar. Um, on it's, yeah, yeah. Fantastical. Oh yeah. Good choice. Yeah. And, and so that will, that rings both of us with, um, things coming up. Mm -hmm. And is that, so, is that back to like iCal, uh, Apple iCal, or is that a Google calendar back there somewhere? Or do you not know? And it doesn't matter. It just works. I'm not sure. My, yeah, <laughs> it, it just works. My husband takes mm -hmm. care of most of that. Um, I know he organizes himself using things. Oh yeah, I I love that when I was on a Mac. Yeah, he he loves he's mm -hmm. he's I mean he's a Mac he's he's a Mac you know app developer so okay gotcha it, you know, so he he's he's into the the ecosystem there mm -hmm. and um and the reason I have a Mac right now is because I had a PC previously that kept breaking down and he bought himself out of his service contract and bought me a Mac instead. There you go. <laughs> There you uh, go. Yeah. He got tired of fixing it. <laughs> That's why I have encouraged Ursula to buy lots of apples because mm -hmm. I spend less time fixing her stuff and can then uh, 
putter on my own computers and break and fix them and not have to worry about, oh, well, I'm just impacting my stuff. I'm not impacting her livelihood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to write Apple mm-hmm. stack down because that's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, and Fantastical, I think, is a Mac program, so it's probably automatically back-ended into that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Yeah, there's that. And I will say that I, I, I definitely feel for Ursula's anxiety pushing things. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, both my husband and I have a constant low-grade anxiety about money. Yes. Um, my... My my husband's actually my husband's mother grew up literally dirt poor. They had rural Kentucky. They had mm-hmm. dirt floors in their house. Oh yeah, yeah. and yes. and people and, are often surprised at how how recent that still is, or yes. and that that is still that still sort of happens in mm-hmm. the states. Let mm-hmm. alone you know you think that's a third world or a developing country thing. No, it happens. In the rural South, in the rural Midwest, it still happens. Yes. Like, pretty a surprising amount. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, she managed to work herself up out of that, mm-hmm. but, you know, to a, a middle-class one, and, you know, my husband went to a, a private Catholic high school because he was, the, he was the scholarship boy, but he managed to go there. Oh, yeah. But because of that, you know, she has, you know, her anxiety about money mm-hmm. she's managed to install that into him right which is better than not you know having been on the opposite side better than not having that mm-hmm. uh, i with with me it was my um years of much student debt mm-hmm. because i would say the worst advice i ever had was <laughs> from my father who went oh no go find the best teachers Mm-hmm. The money will come, and then he had the you know, had the temerity to go and die before I could tell him, no, that you went through your and got your PhD on the GI Bill. Uh huh. I got a degree mm-hmm. in museum studies from a private university, which, while that was very good at the time, because we didn't have a whole lot of the internet around, so I couldn't research. And mm-hmm. all the books said, oh, museum curators. $50,000 a year. And I went, oh, that sounds great. But no, no. Museum curators have PhDs. Collection manager is what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be doing assistant collection manager. And that's <laughs> going to be $8 an hour with no benefits. I Yeah, I know. I, I know several people who are doing that sort of thing and are like, I thought, oh, wait, I'm... You know, that you you always think here's the big job with the big paycheck. You, oftentimes we don't think about the people who are supporting them to make yes. that big paycheck possible uh, there's there's actually of all places uh, i was reading I, I just read the mortal engine series the whole thing mm-hmm. ernie chill just a minute um <laughs> but uh, that was one of the things is a lot of it's about the support staff having doing mm-hmm. doing these things at least in the first book and mm-hmm. not you know the big museum leader no it it a lot of it is centered around that you don't often find in, in steampunkish things. Mm-hmm. The, the people in the trenches, like the ones working in the muck and the ones cleaning up after everybody kind of stuff. Yes. And I will, mm-hmm. you know, to actually bring this straight into productivity, mm-hmm. um, while what on my to read list currently right now is Cal Newport's Deep Work. 
Oh yeah, that's supposed but to be really I, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. But I, the the some of the criticism I've read about it is that you know it comes from a place of privilege in that he's got the ability to turn off the internet, to turn right. on, to turn off email and do that. It's like, well, you know, part of my job is I have to be on on the email because when you know the person, the professor who is in Cal Newport's position can't get into a database. I have to get that working. Oh well, yeah. It's it's <laughs> you're you're the person who's making sure he can he can get his job done and do his deep work. Exactly. Right. But I still have to do deep work myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of hard. I mean, luckily my, <laughs> my yeah. I mean, my my boss can take over some of that, but he's doing some of the same thing himself too. Mm-hmm. So I, I can at times just go okay. Boss man, I'm working really hard on this project with the deadline of this. Can you please take point on these messages coming in for the next three days? And right. he'll say yes, but I can't do that all the time. You can't do that all the time, yeah. But here's there's a spot where, in some ways, you can throw money at the problem. Yeah. Right? Like, I have um, a sane box. It, mm-hmm. you know, I have... I bought a two-year subscription back when I had a job and all that stuff coming in. So it's not like it's it's money I have to respend right until next year. But that one, you know, the bit that just sort of automatically is trained and now automatically filters out 90% of the stuff, say, in my email that I don't need to pay attention to right away is mm-hmm. just worth every penny as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it took a little time to train, but now it's like, yes, there's a service that is going through and doing the majority of the filtering of, of the crap for me, and I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a huge boost for me, right? And and it could yes. be, you know, it's not the same as saying, hey, can you just take all incoming tickets right now, right now while I focus on this thing? But mm-hmm. it's kind of close. It's one of those things where it's like, yes, I can throw money at the problem. Uh, Mm-hmm. a bot that you know again random your your random choice might help here is being able to to take a bot and say okay what are all the common questions can i just have it automatically fire off an answer or automate some of this stuff mm-hmm. maybe not i don't know yeah <laughs> but always a possibility all right mm-hmm. i'm just i'm just throwing things out now um all right um where do we find your stuff Okay, well, uh, if you want to find my random generators, mm-hmm. you go to magatsu.net slash generators. That is spelled M-A-G-A-T-S-U mm-hmm. dot net. And generators, and, I'm guessing, is is the right way. Yeah, plural. Generators. Yeah. So. Generate ors. Okay. And if you want to see my covers and the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, on my to-do list, yes, is to redo my website, as is, you know, always. Mm-hmm. But it is scarletebooks.com, and that will be scarlet with two Ts. S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T. Got it. Ebooks.com. Dot com. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. Covers. Yay. And, and, and there you go. You can see I have taken copious notes and... I'm still going to ask for you to email those links to me when I can't read my own handwriting later. <laughs> um, all right. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a, a fantastic conversation, and uh, it's been a, a joy.
Mm-hmm. And and I love the podcast. So. Oh, well, thank you, thank you so much. I am I'm really glad you do, and I'm really glad mm-hmm. we could work out a time where we could where we could talk. Yes. All right. Uh, so thank you, and for the people at home, we'll be right back. I picked up some tips from that interview. I don't know about you guys. So we're back and I had a great time talking to Augusta and I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give out the badge code for this week and then I am going to tell you how you can support the podcast and then I'm going to go finish up the next couple filler episodes. I mean, they're not filler episodes, but you get the idea. This week's badge code, for those of you who collect our open badges, is random list, R-A-N-D-O-M-L-I-S-T. All one word, no spaces, because Augusta makes random list generators, which is pretty cool. I I I checked them out. They're kind of fun. That's the deal for this week. And so if you want to support us, you can give us a uh, shout out on social media, either with, you know, by sharing it, by by commenting, by whatever. We love that kind of support, and we'll be doing a letter show when we get back from China, which is going to be awesome. In the meantime, if you also want to support us financially, you can support us at patreon.com slash Ursula V. That pays for the equipment for the podcast. It pays for the uh, increased medications we need because we did the we've been doing the food review podcast for almost a decade. Maybe it's over a decade now. I I, I lose track, and it takes toll on the body. It also uh, pays for things like the Hidden Almanac and this podcast, which is pretty cool. You can also get all of T. Kingfisher, Hugo-nominated author T. Kingfisher's self-published books for free as part of your Patreon subscription. So check that out. You can also buy me a coffee, ko-fi.com slash ksunny, K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. That actually pays for the coffee I consume. And that one has the bonus of you get a badge code for an I bought Kevin a coffee badge. And that's pretty cool too, I think. Anyway, I am going to go produce two more of these so that you guys can continue to listen while we are away in China. Uh, The big exciting parts of the trip are not over yet, if all is going according to plan. And so we will talk to you next time. And while we're gone, hey folks, stay productive.